Life in a Small French Village, Episode 5, Roland. My neighbour, nicknamed Dracula by the villagers, because she had few teeth but two long fangs, a long pale face and straight black hair, lived a few houses down my road. Her partner was a man the locals called Courtepat, or short legs, because, of course, he was a short man. But his real name was Roland. He worked for a builder at the far end of the village, a man the locals called Picsou, or Uncle Scrooge. And working in the village, he would come strolling home for lunch at noon, go back to work at the other end of the village at one, stroll home at the end of the day. There was no variance in his timing. You could count on him as you could a clock. But that was only when he worked locally. And since builders also work in other villages, Roland was a little less visible, and that meant he always couldn't keep an eye on Dracula. And to tell the truth, Dracula did take some looking after. She sought trouble as assiduously as Roland sought red wine. Their love story had started several years before in a most interesting, even unique way. Dracula originally came from the north of France, somewhere near Dunkirk, where at one point in her life she'd had quite a few children. But staying home and making babies, even if you do do that with a nice selection of very different men, wasn't a very satisfying life. And so the children had gone to foster homes, and she'd set out for adventure. And for Dracula, adventure meant travel. She'd always dreamt of foreign parts, even the foreign parts of her own country. But with no money, travel isn't easy. She would find a loophole, she decided. Well... As sincere her longing for travel was, she also discovered a very sincere passion for long-distance lorry or truck drivers. There was something incredibly sexy about these drivers of the huge juggernauts roaring across the country and heading for those foreign parts. And along with the great advantage of sitting beside some hefty brute, who was yours for the moment at least, came the thrill of rolling along the country's highways, seeing other sights, the south with its olive trees and deep gorges, the deep snows of winter in the north and east. There was also all the excitement of border crossings in the night, the charm of all night truck stops, and of course seeing it all in the company of real men." She didn't stick with any one of the drivers for long. Did she find multiple choice and all the excitation of a new love more interesting than constancy? Or perhaps they just chucked her out of the cab after a certain time. Dracula was admittedly a bit of a nutter, and she could have worn a saint's nerves thin. But whoever's fault the change was, there was always a new man on hand, one to learn, and a new route, possibly a new country, and new driver's cafes. Life was a buzz. But no buzz is eternal. Sometimes you just come to the end of your career in a chosen field. And so it was with Dracula. One day there were no more takers. I found her alongside of the road in a ditch, Roland told me. It was night. Freezing cold and raining. She was skinny, cold, miserable. She had nowhere to go. I couldn't just leave her there. 
and so he brought her home to the village, and she settled in. Stability does have its comforts. The house the two of them lived in here in the village was tiny, four small rooms, but it was warm and rather pretty, although not remarkable. It was surrounded by a high stone wall and had a big garden out back, and Dracula proved to be a remarkably good housewife, keeping the place beautifully clean, making certain Roland had freshly washed, clean, well-ironed clothes on his back each day, helping him in his vegetable patch, and best of all, being a most excellent cook. It was Dracula who taught me that a small shot of red wine vinegar added to a sauce or to any sort of bubbling stew, either meat or vegetarian, changed a simple taste into a wonderfully complex one. It all sounds rather ideal, doesn't it? Roland had the two perfect mates for a life, Dracula and his beloved red wine. Dracula had a haven and a man with a steady income. But life is never perfect, and there was a big problem, aside from Roland's over-fondness for the red stuff. Dracula still loved men. She was a real sucker for a love story. I did mention earlier that she had kept up contact with a man who installed telephones, which is how I got my own telephone so easily. She had known the man when she lived in the North, and he was the father of five of her children, she claimed. Well, whenever he passed by this village, he and Dracula would wander off to the cemetery for a little tryst. That was where village lovers went for their rendezvous. It was outside the village and far from the nosy gossips, and there were many large, flat, comfortable tombstones available. And if the residents of the cemetery were witness to erotic goings-on, none of them were up to telling any tales. But the installer wasn't Dracula's only paramour. There were others, too. The worst choice was Cortipat's best friend. He'd come over for a visit one Sunday afternoon when Roland was engaged in his usual weekend activity, serious tippling. And that very afternoon, seized by irrepressible desire, Dracula and best friend decided to sneak off to the cemetery. What were the exact circumstances? Had Roland soggy with booze dozed off, or had he simply thought they were just going out for a stroll? Whichever it was, eventually, knowing his lady and her weakness, Roland suddenly smelled a rat. And the result was he was ready and waiting for the dewy-eyed couple when they wended their sweet hand-in-hand way home shortly after. Now, when Roland wasn't working or tippling or gardening, he did have another hobby. In the evening, before going to sleep, he'd put out breadcrumbs on the sill of his bedroom window. And when he woke up early in the morning, he'd sit there in bed, watch all the hungry little birds come to the sill and peck away at the unexpected treat. And then, reaching down beside the bed... He'd pick up his rifle and shoot as many of the birds as he could get. In other words, Roland slept with his rifle right there. Not only that, Roland's rifle was always right there where Roland was. Dracula knew that. Roland's best friend probably knew that too. But as we know, love is blind. And that afternoon, when Dracula and best friend arrived at the garden gate... Roland was waiting for them in an upstairs window, rifle cocked. And he began firing. Did he shoot his best friend first and then Dracula? 
Well, either his aim wasn't good, red wine doesn't help, or he only meant to express himself and strike the fear of God into the two others. His best friend was shot in the knee. He limped forever after, Dracula told me with satisfaction. The bullet she received on the left side of her forehead gave her an impressive scar, and she was very proud of it too, showing it to everyone she spoke to. It was proof of Roland's jealousy. She was his. He did it because he loves me, she said proudly. The arrival of the police brought that little episode to an end, but as far as I know, the story never went any further. Perhaps the police had sympathy for this crime of passion. And so limping best friend and Dracula decided to be more discreet in future comings together. And Dracula went back to being the ideal housewife. But life in a small village can be dull, especially when you've seen the world as Dracula had. And the more steady and calm life became, the more she began thinking about the old days and those wonderful men, the long-distance lorry drivers. She missed them. She missed talking to them. She missed the long nights, the adventure. Oh, yes, she knew she had a good thing going for her in Roland's house, and she had no intention of running off, taking to the road again. But she did miss those men, and she began calling them on the phone, constantly, all of them, everywhere. And calling them everywhere, all over France and Belgium, that cost money, lots of money. Roland was suddenly finding astronomically high telephone bills in his mailbox, 15,000 francs once, far more than he could pay for. He must have begged, pleaded and threatened Dracula too, but such tactics had no effect. The telephone bills kept pouring in. There was only one thing he could do, have the telephone service cut off. It was a good idea, it was a brilliant solution and it did work for a while but Dracula was not to be foiled. For she had a trick up her sleeve, the lover who installed telephones. And so she went to the public phone box in the village centre, contacted the man, and within a week the telephone line had been reconnected. And again the bills started coming in. So again Roland called the phone company. Again the line was cut off. Again Dracula called her man, and the telephone was reconnected. I can imagine how tense home life must have been. The threats, the pleading, Roland was desperate. Dracula, I think, was rather proud of herself. But the situation couldn't continue. It would end. And we, all the neighbours, feared that the end would be a very sticky one. So tensely we prepared for the worst. It was like waiting for the other very heavy boot to drop. It finally happened on a warm spring day, a weekend when everyone was about. I was at home minding my own business when I heard a terrible noise out in the street, an unidentifiable noise, rather like a high, piercing whine, along with a considerable amount of screaming and shouting. It was hard to tell exactly what was going on. Cautiously, I went outside, opened the front gate, and further down the road I saw a little crowd gathered, and beyond them was a huge telephone pole just lying across the road, its wires splayed everywhere. 
A little further on was Roland. Electric saw in hand, he was sawing through the next pole and weeping. I'll get them, I'll get them all. I can't stand it, I can't stand it any more. How did anyone contact the police? None of us had working telephones. But they soon did appear as Roland wept and sawed. And they took him away in their car. And there was once again peace in the village. Well, for a while anyway. <laughs>